Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look at the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us again this week as we dive further into the world of games. And this week, we are going to be discussing the games that we have been playing. It's been a while since we've actually done a little check-in episode to see what we're doing, what, what's catching our eye. And we have a pretty good list here of titles that we have recently finished. Uh, and then there are some games that are coming out that have definitely caught our eye, and we'll be discussing those ones later on in the episode. So if you want to hear about those, make sure to listen all the way to the end, please. <laughs> But there's been so many crazy games out there. It's been a blast, actually, just looking through these things. And, you know, we discussed this with our upcoming games list, and we're seeing that come to fruition. But there are some titles that we've also picked up that are a little bit older and that really surprised us. Uh, and there's some that came out of nowhere. Honestly, there's one I found out about, picked it up the very next day, and absolutely fell in love with this game. <laughs> like, I had no idea about it. And it's all thanks to you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> but the, yeah, man, it, it, it's just kind of, it's so hard to keep up with everything that's been coming out. And I don't know. I feel like I've gone, like I'm starting to go through this like gaming resurgence again. I feel like at least once a year I get into this weird groove where it's like game after game after game and I'm just able to just power through them. And I've gone through some pretty big games recently and fairly quickly, actually. <laughs> a little bit faster than I probably should have. Uh, it maybe dumped a little too much time into them, but you know, they're still fun and it just speaks to how much they grab my attention. Uh, but I'll just kick it off with the first one. It's a, it's a big title, uh, you know, and it took a while and there's some people hate this franchise. Some people love it. I actually really enjoy it uh, for the most part. There's certain things where I'm like, okay, that's unnecessary. But it's a uh, Fire Emblem Engage. So I people hate Fire Emblem. I, I a lot of like kids that I'm working with now. Every time they hear Fire Emblem, they're like, I hate this game. I, I hate that franchise. And I'm like, why? They're like, it's boring. Uh, oh, so it's a, a different generation, right? We yeah. grew up with tactics and that kind of, you know, turn-based combat and love it. And it's just, I don't know. But Engage was a, from a gameplay standpoint, it was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed the Engage system itself. I mean, it turned every single fight into an anime fight, which is pretty rad, to be honest. Uh, the relationship thing, I was like okay i can do without this it got a little tedious after a while i know that that was something that got brought in from three houses uh but they 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 like calmed it down for this one thank god uh but it just was it still was kind of a lot to deal with where at one point you end up getting a ring that you can only give to someone if you're maxed out on that meter and it's basically like saying hey will you marry me <laughs> right like it's like okay I skipped through all your guys' cutscenes. I just gave him the ring because it said it gives you stat boosts whenever you engage with each other. So it was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't care <laughs> who actually gets this thing. But it was just kind of a, a, a weird little situation. And a lot of the conversations were like, eh, like, that's silly. I mean, the one thing I will say is the fact that it's voice acted and they did that much voice acting for this title is pretty amazing. I mean, the animations for the game, as far as cutscenes go, kind of lackluster, right? It reminded me a lot of 
um, like kind of more like indie style, right? Where you see that just the portrait of the character while they're speaking. Uh, there wasn't a lot of emoting going on, even in really mm. sad scenes when people are dying. Everyone's just standing there and going, oh, my God. Oh, no. But there's no, no emotion, really. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it kind of like comical in a sense. And, you know, with the story itself, it's OK. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's the same thing. Right. The big bad has shown up and wants to end the world and it's your job to defeat him because you're the chosen one. Right. Nothing too crazy there, but I, I thought it was pretty funny though. At one point, I mean, this is spoiler, not spoiler. It really does nothing for the story whatsoever. Uh, But your main character legit dies three times in the story. (laughs) Just like dead. I'm like, Oh, Okay. But comes back instantly. There is no delay in time. It's like in the same cutscene, you die three times and you're like, okay, man, like I get it. Like, can we just move forward? Like, let's get on with this scene a little bit. But I don't know. The, the All the story problems aside, the gameplay itself was really, really fantastic. So for people who don't know about the new engage mechanic that's in Fire Emblem, uh, you are given rings. So these rings actually hold heroes from past games, which is pretty nice, especially if you're a Fire Emblem fan and you've played through all or most of the titles, you'll see characters that you are very familiar with. And whenever you pair them up with people, so it becomes equipment that they can wear, uh, it gives them different stat boosts uh, and it actually allows you to activate the engage ability with that new hero. And when you do that, they go through like a full Sailor Moon costume change. <laughs> like they become Super Saiyans basically. And they get the ability of the hero that they have the ring with. But it's like on steroids. It's it's to like the nth degree. So like for instance, uh, Lin is a hero from one of the older Fire Emblem games. And whenever you pair up with her, she can actually shoot a very powerful bow shot. It's called Celestial Bow about like basically covering the entire map which is pretty awesome so if you set it up with your archer or whoever your best archer is then you already have a lot more stat boost to that attack specifically and now with being able to hit from the other side of the map i was actually just leaving him in the back letting that charge up and just sniping bosses from the from the start (laughs) of the map basically uh and KOing them in that one hit i was like okay cool neat (laughs) so it was pretty cool but not everything is as broken as that there's some other abilities that were actually really interesting like i really liked ike's ability actually um it gave you a major boost to your defense so you can kind of tank through a lot of things but it mixes with his special attack so his special attack is actually a delayed one it starts on if you activate it it'll start on your next turn at the very beginning And it's an AoE attack. So it shows you the area that would affect around him. And if there's anyone, any enemies within that zone, whenever the the round starts or your next turn starts, then he does a big AoE attack to every single one of them. And it usually inflicts um, status debuffs as well on top of that. So there was a lot of really great strategy to that game. Not too hard, uh, I would say. Um, but I was playing on casual. I didn't feel like dealing with the whole permadeath thing because that gets kind of annoying after a while. 
And I will say if I was playing on the like classic Fire Emblem permadeath, I would have lost so many people because a lot of people die like really damn fast. So even though you are strong as a character, especially if you have engaged characters, the enemies are just as strong. And throughout a lot of the fights, they have those same engage abilities as well. So they're using that same stuff. So it it can get pretty dicey there, especially if you're playing with the classic rules on hardcore. Like that just seems really intense to me. And I just wanted kind of like a nice casual playthrough and just kind of enjoy it. <laughs> and I, I did. I thought it was pretty fantastic. Uh, and, you know, it took me about 38 to 40 hours to beat. Uh, probably would have beaten it a little bit faster, saved myself about an hour. But uh, <laughs> the second to last chapter, I completely beat that mission, right? Got the victory screen. And on the victory screen, my switch crashed for some reason. And it didn't do the autosave yet because the autosave comes after the victory screen, apparently. Oh. So I had to redo that whole chapter all over again. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but it was all right. It was, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun regardless of the facts. And I, I definitely do recommend it if to people who are looking for, like if you like Tactics Ogre Reborn or you like the Fire Emblem games, I mean, I would just skip through the story. It's not that important. And just enjoy the gameplay. Um, and if you are looking for more of like tactics fight style, like one of the great things about this game is that in between each chapter, they give you uh, a lot of actual side missions that you can go on if you want to. Uh, and the amount of side missions, the loot and the difficulty will increase if you actually donate money to that region as well. So the more money you donate, the better loot you can acquire from these side missions that will randomly pop up. So if you were looking for more, just focus on I just want to do tactics and I want to, you know, play that kind of game and ignore the story. This is definitely there for you. It's it's pretty great. The amount uh, that they throw at you is really good. And uh, for uh, Fire Emblem lovers of past games, they reuse maps and situations as well in very interesting ways. So the in order to boost the effects of your engage character or be able to level up to higher levels with that bond, uh, you actually have to play a map from their game, basically, like because they're telling a story of their past. And they're like, oh, this is the battle in which I had to face off against my brother. And I became right like this was the moment where I realized I needed to be a hero or do whatever I had to do. And you replay that battle sequence, which is actually really cool and pretty challenging. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a fun, fun title. Definitely recommend it for anybody out there that's looking for another tactics game. I was curious about it. Um, I have I've always kind of liked Fire Emblem, but at the same time, like compared to other tactics franchises, I always found it kind of boring um not that they're bad games a lot of them are really good um i i own three houses yet i have never i think it's still sealed i don't think i've had a <laughs> chance to play it i i want to you know people praise that game but i'm like do i really have time to go through every house but um yeah, when i saw engage i was like there's no way this is a mainline title because obviously it's not right like it's one of those like kind of side adventure things because it has everybody in it 
right? Yes and no. I, so. I would. It does have everybody in it, but I actually feel like this is a mainline thing. Oh. It, it feels like that because it's starting like with a new hero and all that. And they gave a reason as to why these. It wasn't like Gachapon style. Like there was okay. a, there was a reason for the heroes to be a part of this, which made it really interesting. And they were they're all heroes of the past. It's kind of like the setting there, and their hero spirits are bound to these rings by the divine dragon, right? So it's there is something to that, or I think it is a main game, honestly. It's I don't know. I you kind of were selling it on me because I don't know the main character kind of turned me off too. Not not in a weird way, but I'm saying like just the hair, the the oh, color. It's, it's dumb as hell. It's anime as fuck. <laughs> but I don't know and the like, reason I'm, why it's that color. It's it's stupid. <laughs> I'm glad it did well. Um, I think for me, I the last Fire Emblem I played was oh god it was one of the ones people don't like i think it was the echoes like birthright mm. or something on the 3ds yeah um i know everyone praises awakening but i haven't jumped to that like a lot of the fire emblem games people love i haven't really touched like i played the gba uh original one Those were uh, i think that was the one with marth yeah uh and I own the Shadow Blade, whatever, the old one uh, they re-released. But um, it's a series I always want to get into. It's just, for me, when it comes to tactic games, I prefer the Tactics Ogre or Final Fantasy Tactics style, where it's like isometric mm. rather than like a chessboard like Fire Emblem is like I know I don't know it's kind of weird to describe because I know the the non 3DS ones have more of an isometric look I guess to it but I don't know for me like uh, Fire Emblem is a series I want to get into I'll just put it that way I like, guess I, I can see I wanna... what you're talking about with that viewpoint right like the ogre games and stuff they always have elevations that you can mess with yes that's this it. this doesn't have that it has cover though so, like, if you're in a wooded area, you have a higher chance to evade mountains, too, right? Like, there's different aspects to the terrain tiles, and certain troops can and cannot pass through those things. So, there is that aspect to it. But, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. It is more of, like, a flat workspace rather than, you know, there's depth to it. Like, with uh, uh, Triangle Strategy. Right. There's a lot of depth mm -hmm. in that one where you have to actually worry about not just placement of your troop, but elevation as well. So if you have an enemy that's about a block or two higher than you, well, guess what? They're going to crit on you. Right. So it's kind of it adds a little bit more to it's like 3D chess instead of just regular chess. Yeah. I mean, I love Advanced Wars, which is basically the same thing when you kind of look at it. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should give it a try. Maybe I should just crack open three houses, finally. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a fun one. I mean, I got through it in a week and a half. Kind of shameful mm, to say it's that. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, 40 hours in a week and a half. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was basically a full-time job for a little <laughs> bit there. <laughs> but no, it was good. It was definitely good. Probably won't play through it again, but it was good. <laughs> 
Yeah, those kind of games, it's kind of hard to play through it. Like, Three Houses makes sense because there's three, you know, storylines to mm-hmm. explore. But, yeah, I could see why you wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, For me, oh, boy, should I start with games that didn't come out this year that I beat? I yeah, yeah, I guess not. I could do that. Um, So, for me... Surprisingly, three of the games, well, I guess there's a fourth, uh, but I'll talk about that real quickly. Um, the first one I beat was uh, Kina Bridge of Spirits. Mm. Uh, delightful awesome. little game. Yes, I I highly recommend it if you look at it and you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, I like PlayStation 2, like, action-adventure games. Like, it, it's the perfect... not retelling but modern imagine i'm pretty sure everyone knows what i'm trying to say here but it's like <laughs> taking one of those older games and making it modern a reimagining um, of them. yeah yeah like this game feels like that um i really enjoyed it a lot um it's there's times where the combat does kind of feel like repetitive which makes sense with those kind of games but overall i really liked it like it was a really cute little adventure um i think it was a great game to start the year off for me because uh, it was one i've been eyeing since it came out uh i was wanting to play it as soon as i heard about it but i'm like i don't know if i want to spend full price on it and then finally last sale it was like i think 20 bucks and i'm like oh that's a good deal for these kind of games, you know, so took a chance and I really liked it. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for these kind of games. You, you give me a game like Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank or, or this. And I'm just like, okay, I'll play it because Mm -hmm. during the PlayStation two era, which is probably aside from the first PlayStation is one of my most prominent, um, times of playing many different games like as much as i explored a lot of genres on the og playstation that era of the ps2 the gamecube uh the dreamcast and the xbox it was like i tried everything and um this style of game it was always the one that really stuck with me uh but yeah this game like perfect for that itch. It's not super long. I think it's about, I think I got like 10, 11 hours into it. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer, maybe like 13, but, um, it was cool. It was, uh, it was fun. If it ever goes on sale or is like on one of the services, like plus I recommend it. Um, another one. So for these older titles, I've been looking this year, as a year to play either franchises or titles that I've always wanted to play, or I feel like I'm missing out because I'm not playing them. Uh, Every year I tell myself, you know, I'm going to play games that everyone says are masterpieces or 10 out of 10s or amazing, and I just don't. Right, I always get sucked into the latest indie game, and I forget about all these classics. 
this year I'm making it a goal. I'm not doing my how I did that 2020, yeah. that one year where I ended up playing 40. Um, I think last year I did get pretty high up there. I think I almost hit 30 games beat. Um, this year I'm going to try. I, I would love to hit 40 again. I believe in myself that I can. Um, I might try the 2023. That'd be kind of fun. But my main goal is to play really well-known games. So the first one was Quake. Uh, really? Yeah, well, I played multiplayer back in the day at a friend's house or like at LAN parties. So I it wasn't that wasn't new to me, but the campaign I actually never played. Mm. Never played any of the Quake campaigns. I always just only play multiplayer. I didn't even and know it was a Quake campaign. <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's only good. I mean, Nine Inch Nails soundtrack, like it's just uh, it. Oh yeah. It I played the remaster or the 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 recent like re-release and mm. it plays so damn well and looking at it you really can see the impact it had on the gaming world right like you know Doom Wolfenstein they're always looked at but then I know people say Quake is also highly up there too oh yeah definitely. And after playing it, I can see it. You know, it it feels damn good. Uh, I truly loved it. And I'm just kind of like, damn, like, how did I not try to give this a go back in the day? But I also didn't really have a good computer at the time that could handle it. I think the computer I had at that point could only run SimCity 3000. <laughs> I wouldn't even trust it to run SimCity 4, so that's telling how dated it was. Yeah. But um, it was good, like really good. Now I want to play through all the quakes. Um, but yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad I finally gave that a knock. I haven't fully finished the original Doom. I'm like, I think at the last stage, but I've played enough of it to the point where it's cool. You know, it's it's fun going back to these early shooters and seeing really how it's changed. You know, it's it's fascinating. Just in the span of like 10 years, how much a genre can change. And I feel like with shooters, it's like one of the few where you really... At least from that generational gap, right? Like it's from Quake to Call of Duty, you know, Modern Warfare and stuff. Like that was another big change. But since then, we haven't really seen such an evolution, right? Um, mm -hmm. Unless you're talking about gameplay additions, like say with Titanfall 2 with the cool, like, scenes and the max and stuff we don't really see that kind of jump in idea or tech uh when it comes to shooters but yeah any, i mean if anybody out there the one other person in this world that hasn't really dived in the quake and has a curiosity and likes those kind of shooters like i recommend it it was a game that I picked up one morning and ended up playing basically the whole day because they're not long games. So right. um, I was stoked on that. Uh, I'm doing these in a rapid fire, so no worries. these aren't long. But um, 
this one's going to be short because I don't want to spoil anything about it. Well, I guess the next two have to be, but Doki Doki Literature Club. That's another one. Um, that's good. That's not a so classic popular right now for some reason. It well, when it came out, it was like people just wouldn't shut up about it. Right. And somehow I avoided spoilers the whole time about this game, which is kind of cool because I feel like most people that talk about this game will ask the person like, hey, have you played it? And when they say no, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to say anything because you can't really say too much about it without spoiling it without like the only thing I'll say is like I knew it was going places, but I didn't know it was going to those places. Mm-hmm. And the game is very interesting. I I completed it to the point where I've seen I saw basically everything because um, I was so interested in it. And I'm surprised because one, I don't really care for visual novels too much. But this one was just cool. Like, it was so interesting and kind of creepy. And, yeah, I was like, whoa, like, it's a damn good game. Now I see everyone, like, talked about it. You know, like, it's, I think for a visual novel, it did a really good job in making me want to see more. Because I know there's some good ones out there. I've had people recommend some to me, but this one was always top of the list. And I kind of see why, because it's it's a pretty good story uh, for what it does. But I'm glad to have that off my checklist, too, for one of the more modern, possibly classics one day, uh, at least in that genre. And then for the last one, uh, I'm very, very happy I finished this game. Uh, this is a game that I've wanted to play since it came out a few years ago because people praise this as like usually one of the best indie games ever, uh, or at least up there with like Hollow Knight and all that stuff, but uh, Outer Wilds. Nice. Yeah, I didn't do the DLC, uh, but I played the base game, beat it, and oh my god, that game is an adventure. Like, I haven't felt that sense of wonder and curiosity in exploring a world in a very long time. Like, I'm even trying to think now, like, when was the last time I played an open world game or semi-open and was like, I wonder where this takes me or I wonder what I'm going to find here, Mm. you know, that's not, like, already mapped out. Like, having a game that, doesn't hold your hand. I guess Elden Ring counts, but for before that, I'm just like, I can't think of it. You know, like I know many people will say, Oh, I like breath of the wild, but even breath of the wild didn't do that for me. Like it did it at first, but with outer walls, I'm just like being able to be confident in my flying skills. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to see this planet. And then, Oh my God, if I, if I rush, I see something totally different. And it's just the amount of systems going on at the same time, providing different outcomes and adventures on the time that you make it there. It's just, it's mind blowing. Like I thought a couple of my friends were just overhyping this game saying like, 
oh my god you need to play this this is like amazing i'm like oh, okay like yeah i get it like it looks cool but this game like <laughs> blew me away that not many other games have ever done for me and i never got sick of it either like a lot of times these kind of games i'll get kind of like burnt out or I get annoyed, but like there was maybe one time I looked at a guide because I was just like, I don't want to keep wasting my time here. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just so good. Like this would be a game that it's hard to recommend to people that don't play games. You know, like I always want to say like, oh, it's good to have those games to recommend anybody. Right. But like for people that like games and because I'm saying, because the flying and some of this, like, non-hand-holding is kind of hard to recommend to people. But for people that like to explore and don't need a quest marker to tell you exactly where to go, it does tell you some hints if you look at the logs. But this is a game I'd recommend to anybody that, you know enjoys playing games enjoys seeing worlds and learning about a world like i don't know it i'm definitely i've joined the cult i guess <laughs> in saying that yes this game is up there and like the top of the top it's it's damn good i don't know if you ever played it i remember we were talking about it at one point but yeah i i i've looked at it but i've never actually played it and it's one of those that it, it's always on the back of my mind like oh maybe i should start it maybe i should try it out because it, it sounds amazing right it really does mm -hmm. i really do like the mechanics that are going on with it with the the whole replayability of each area and then depending on how fast you get through certain places different things are happening and just the fact that all that is going on in the background at all times is pretty amazing. Like it's a mm -hmm. it's a pretty amazing feat that they were able to accomplish within this title. So that has always caught my eye. I just haven't you know had a chance to check it out yet, but definitely want to try it out. Maybe I'll try it out this year and see because I, I like that idea a lot that you have a, a like just not beating games just to beat them, right? Let's get another check mark mm -hmm. in the tally. But going through the titles that we've might not uh, might have missed or like these classics quote unquote classics that we haven't played yet and just going through those I, I like that idea a lot actually so i might have to do that it it's fun uh, i started doing this with music uh, i want to do with movies at some point but yeah i just i look at like top lists either through message boards or through websites and i'm like with music i've been doing that for the past six months and I've, like, discovered so much. So I'm like, oh, I want to do this with games now. And it's it's been fun. It, it really opens up a side of, you know, these hobbies that maybe we wouldn't normally look into. Like, it's cool. Right. I like that a lot. Good idea. Okay. So um, the next thing I'm going to be talking about today is it's a very interesting one. It I don't know. It's. It's kind of out there for sure. Uh-oh. Yeah, this game caught my eye uh, quite a while ago, actually. And whenever you hear about it, it's going to be kind of obvious why. <laughs> it's a card game, uh, but it's a card RPG. 
And it's, I don't know, there was something about it that uh, the art style was always fantastic. It was, it emulates the idea of tabletop gaming, but in a very different level. Um, it's actually made by Square Enix. So I'm talking about a uh, voice of cards. And specifically the Isle of Dragons one right now, there's actually three of them out and I had no idea there was three of them. <laughs> like I just knew about this first one. And so it's, I don't know, there's something about this title that I don't, it was, it was really interesting and it was kind of a nice little break, especially after Fire Emblem. Uh, it wasn't like a really heavy RPG, but it did scratch that itch for sure. Uh, the exploration was actually really interesting. Um, you see the size of the map itself and all the map is is actually cards and everything is turned face down. So whenever you get closer to a card, uh, it actually flips over the the cards around you, right? So the map slowly getting revealed that way, like a fog of war kind of style. Uh, there's random events and uh, random uh, attacks from enemies and things like that. So it was, I don't know, there, there's something about this that has such a really nice like charm to it. And the story definitely does take kind of like a weird twist. Uh, and, you know, it's not a long game. Uh, they say it takes about 13 to 15 hours to beat. Uh, I actually beat it in eight, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, but the the reason why I beat it in eight is because there's an option to speed up the game. And at first I was like, OK, this is kind of slow like this is dragging a little bit in my opinion right and like even saving felt like it was really slow and i i got a little worried i'm like is this game not that optimized for even the switch because <laughs> i was playing in handheld and then i found that option and it actually sped up even the saving which i thought was kind of funny so if you do pick up this game and you think like ah oh, man it's kind of it's a little slow the animations are a little slow but it kind of it, it really does play up the idea that this is people playing cards, right? So like each attack you do, like sometimes when you do magic attacks, like you're actually putting out the magic card onto the table with that full animation and then doing that kind of style. So it does change things up that way, but it, it even sped up, it was still great. And one thing I will say is that the narration on it was phenomenal. So your game master, if you're familiar with tabletop gaming, uh, there's always like a DM or a GM or however you want to say it. They are basically narrating the tale for you and then you perform actions and they react to it. And the narration on it was just amazing. The storytelling was really great. The people you meet along the way, it really does make you want to talk to everybody in the towns that you visit. And there usually isn't that many people to talk to. So it's kind of a nice in and out kind of situation there. Uh, but it was it was really really good, and it what I thought I found out about halfway through was that this is actually designed by the guys who made Near, so huh. really great people backing it. the fact that it's Square Enix as well is pretty amazing, and it, you can tell that the story itself was designed by this guy. <laughs> like his games always are a little weird; they always have like something where like halfway through the story you find out something and you're like. Uh, okay, that's the direction we're going in now. All right, I get it. And this one definitely has that. Like, it's a little bit later in the game, but then you start questioning everything that you were doing beforehand. And then you feel like you really have to kind of change the way that you were thinking about handling these situations. And what's nice is that this game actually gives you different choices sometimes. So, like, you can, you know, 
slay the dragon, save the dragon, do that, right? And you have different options there. And there's actually three different endings as well. So you're basically given this pretty crazy choice at the very end of the game, and you have three choices to make, and then it just ends, right? And I made my one choice, and then I decided to watch a walkthrough of the other endings because I was like, I'm not going to play through that again <laughs> just to get these three endings. And every single one of them ends kind of sad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but that just feels like his style where there isn't just like a nice pretty bow on top. Like there, mm-hmm. there is one ending for that, but like you have to get all these like secret things and then you can say, oh, I want to wish for everything. And then it, it gives you that nice little like bow on top ending, but it doesn't feel real. I, I think that he kind of made it feel almost comical. Like this is a joke, right? Like this isn't real life. And the other endings feel more real, like more just have a lot more weight behind them. And I was kind of amazed that they were able to create characters that you can actually care about by just using cards and they're not even animated cards it's just a still image and half the time the the narration in the story is not even from the voice of them right like it's it's from the narrator telling you what they're thinking or what they're going through right now so that was i don't know it's a really great game and it makes me want to play the other ones for sure so I might, you know, over the course of some time, pick up the rest of the other two. And I'm excited to see that they're continuing to make these things because they're they're really great little like one shots. I, I would call them one shots. It's not like a big D&D campaign. It's not like a huge RPG. It's just a quick little, here you go. Here's your story, right? Like you can get this thing done pretty quickly. It's a bite-sized JRPG and it is really enjoyable. It was a lot of fun, man. I I like this one a lot. Uh, Very surprised by it. I remember seeing a trailer. I forget in what. I don't think it was a direct. Maybe it was because you you played on the Switch, right? Or did you? Yeah, I played on the Switch. And maybe it was a direct. But um, I remember hearing it was like, oh, here's the next card game from Square Enix, and I was like, really? Right after that dungeon crawler game, they're making a card game too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like this came out during that phase that Square Enix was doing these really like kind of experimental games that didn't really take off. Like it was like indie Square like got, Enix, right? Yeah, like the dungeon crawler, it it honestly looked really boring. Like there's not a whole lot going on other than just like images and a weird checkerboard. But for the people that reviewed it, people said it was okay. Like it wasn't bad. And then these card games, apparently, except for I think one of them did really well too, like review wise. And like you said, I didn't know there was two other ones. Like I only knew of one. I mean, I think the main reason I knew, yeah, Yoko Taro did work on it, which is, fascinating and i'm surprised that these games aren't talked about more just because people that love his work will talk about all of his work and um it's interesting because i totally forgot this game existed until you brought it up and when you did i was like that sounds familiar Mm. and then when i looked at the image on steam i'm like 
I remember this, but like, I didn't know it ever came out. Like, it's interesting. You know, I, Square Enix is so hit and miss nowadays that like, when it's something kind of cool like this and different, like, I respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's weird how with these kind of games, it's still an experiment, but it's like interesting. Whereas, you look at say Forspoken. Yeah, there's depth behind it. Yeah, like they they really try new things, and I mean, oftentimes a lot of their new stuff doesn't really work out. But at the same time, it's still interesting that they're trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's not so much a fan of their newer stuff, I'm I'm glad they're like experimenting and trying new things because these actually look really cool like i love the designs on the cards and stuff like it that part's really cool and i'm glad that they were able to make more than just one game of these you know yeah and like you said the reviews are actually pretty good even on all uh, all three i mean like one of them is less than the others but they they kind of average around like a nine out of ten most of the time which is pretty damn amazing for what it is it's a short card game Something that you mm. don't typically see. And I think the reason why it's not brought up as much, you know, even though it has that big name behind it, is that the stories, while there is that kind of like twist to them, it's not as in-depth as some of the other games. Right? Like the the twist isn't really like earth shattering. It's more of like, ah, that sucks. Okay, now what am I gonna do? Right? Like it's mm. it, it's it's not really you know, it. It could be more, but I think because these are supposed to be bite size, they don't want to go like too far with it, right? Like it, it kind of changes things up a little bit, but it's, it, it's enjoyable regardless, right? And I could see other games using this formula as a way to give out extra story, right? Instead of having mm-hmm. to make a full flight, like if they make another near game, instead of making like a whole full fledged like another game on top of on top like right they can take those characters and give them like a little mini quest using this format and i think it would be really enjoyable still it'd be really fun because you're getting the narrative and really this game feels like you're playing it for the narrative for sure the because the gameplay itself is rather simple but the story is what's kind of driving it and keeping it going that's cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I know we have one game in common, but I figure I'd save that uh, mm. for after this one. But uh, there's two games that just came out recently uh, that I've been playing through. I haven't had a chance to beat them uh, just because I'm enjoying them so much. I'm taking my sweet time. But uh, first one's Hi-Fi Rush. Uh people that are the silent release (laughs) yeah the the shadow drop um it's good for what it is Mm -hmm. you know i can i can see why some people might not like rhythm games i i feel like for me it's something that i have to be in a mood for and given the music of choice in this game it definitely piqued my interest i'm a sucker for that early aughts alternative rock music you know it brings back high school memories uh i mean they have the black keys in the beginning right like it's pretty crazy 
Yeah, I was like, I forgot they existed. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's Nine Inch Nails in there. There's, like, some other really cool artists in there. And uh, it's a fun game. And it surprisingly gets more in depth. Like, I didn't think, like, the combo system would go as far as it did and the mechanics. And it's just for... A studio that was making primarily horror games, right? The Evil Within mm-hmm. and Ghostwire Tokyo. It's interesting that this is such a departure, but it's done so damn well. It's as if like they've always made these kind of games. Like it's it just runs, looks, and sounds fantastic. You know, like it's if there's one thing X Microsoft does well is shadow dropping a pretty decent game whenever they do. Mm-hmm. And like, this is no exception. Like this game is just really good. Um, I think I'm about halfway through it and I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's, I feel like it's one of those games where I can do a stage, <clears throat> walk away for the day and be like, okay, I'll come back in an, another day and do it. Like, I could power through it, but something about keeping up with the rhythm and everything, it does get a little, at least tiring for me, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's really enjoyable. I like it. You know, it's fun having a little cat companion. I think the cat 808 is, uh, even though it looks a lot like Morgana from uh, Persona 5, it's much cooler than Morgana, so I'm happy about that, but um, (laughs) it's a fun game. I uh, I'm digging it. I do and like then, uh, the fact that real quick before you get to the other one that even though it is a rhythm game, you don't have to follow the rhythm. So I think that's one of the big things that people are kind of getting straight away yeah. from is that like while everything your attacks will hit on the beat, but you don't have to be on beat. You just get an added bonus to your damage if you do so, which is cool. I I think that's nice because. Like rhythm games, like I remember trying to play Patapon. I love that game. I absolutely Ooh, love Patapon, and I I want to br- I want to play that one again because I have such fond memories on the PSP playing that. But I suck at that game. I'm horrible at rhythm games and any rhythm segment in any games. As soon as it happens, I'm like, ah, shit, <laughs> I'm gonna be here a while. <laughs> like I just can't do it. And it, it I do like the fact that it it just gives you if you're able to time it, then damn, like. You you notice it, right? Like you get those crits, but if you don't, that's okay. You still get to enjoy the experience itself. You brought up a good point. Uh it it is cool that they don't penalize that penalize you for it. Like I remember Crypto the Neko Dancer kinda had something similar, but they it would totally turn off oh, that the need for rhythm. Hard <laughs> real fast. Dude, that to me. Like, I, I'm decent at rhythm games. You know, when I play them, I like them. I The key to rhythm games, if you're somewhat musically inclined, is to play it on, like, the hardest setting. Because in that way, it's true to the beat, true to the sound, right? Mm. Like, every sound you'll hear will have a beat or a button press, right? Whereas you play on easy or medium... It's actually harder because you hear the beats and you're thinking, oh, I got to press the button at this time, but you're not. You're usually just pressing it for the drum. That's a good point. I, yeah. For me, I, I need to hit everything. So it's like I 
oddly enough, find the hard modes kind of easy in those games because it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I like this feature that it just it adds extra damage because it it makes people able to enjoy playing a rhythm game, feeling like they're staying with the rhythm, and they don't get penalized for it. Right. Like it's it's a really cool feature, and I think that this has done it the best when it comes to like a rhythm action game that I've ever seen. And uh, it's cool. You know, I mean, I know there's an option. I think you can completely turn off the rhythm stuff completely. (laughs) I think if I remember right, like if you set it to really, really easy, but you know, it's, it's cool. I, I'm really liking that a lot about it. That's cool. Um, so this other one I just started yesterday after getting recommended this game by quite a few people I I trust with their opinions. And I feel like this is a game that came out but no one knows about it because it's only on Steam right now. Uh, they don't say anything about bringing it to console, which is kind of a bummer because this would be perfect for it. But it's called Pizza Tower. Hmm. It's uh. For anyone that likes Wario Land, like those old games uh, compared to, say, Mario, this is literally that, but on speed. It it can be very fast-paced. You know, it, it feels kind of like with the way you can do crazy maneuvers and grind on the ground and run up walls, it, it feels almost like chaotic, like a Tony Hawk game, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like... The platforming kind of feels like Celeste in a few ways with how good it feels and all while looking like a Nickelodeon cartoon or even like, say, Ed and Eddie, the way the edges are kind of like not defined, like they're always kind of moving, like there's no aliasing going on. Or you know what it looks like to me? It reminds me a lot of, um, did you ever play Boogerman back in the day? It does look like that. Yeah. I didn't think I about, about that. that game. It just it popped up right when I was looking at it some more. God, I, I yeah. played Boogerman so much back in the day. <laughs> it's such a dumb game. <laughs> That's such a cool name, though. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah, boogers. Fling boogers um, at people, fart on them. <laughs> yeah, my kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right up there with Chex Commando. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> But this game is so damn cool. Like, anybody that has a nostalgia for 90s platformers, or just 90 game in general, I mean, maybe even, like, early aughts Flash games, because it kind of looks like it. Mm -hmm. But the music sounds like something you'd hear on a Sega Genesis. Like, it has that funky bass line that goes with the stage. Um the different modes, the way it just feels so good to run. And basically, you know, you are Pepino Spaghetti and (laughs) your kitchen gets destroyed by this pizza tower from a laser. And your villain is like this Chad-looking chef, right? And so you're like, I'm going to get my pizza toppings back. So you're going into this tower and you are trying to get your 
pizza toppings because you want to build big ass pizza. And um, basically throughout the stage, you know, you're you're doing your platforming, you're getting your toppings. And at the end of the stage, you have to break a pillar. And once you do that, you have a time limit and you have to run back through that stage and get back to where you started Mm -hmm. in order to exit. The thing is, is that the stage changes, so you can't take the same route. Mm. So while you're going to that pillar in the first place, you notice certain pathways are blocked off by blocks that you can't break. When you're running backwards, those blocks are open and your old path is blocked. So it creates this like new chaotic escape. There's new enemies popping up. And if you're taking too long, like, this floating pizza is coming to eat you. Like it's the game is so damn cool and so, so different. Yeah. That like I am not that far in this game, but by the amount of work, I think they said it took them five years to draw this. Oh, wow. Or to design it. Um this might be up there on my top ten so far. Right. I mean, with, it's the beginning of the year. There's not many choices, but I feel like with how this hits the nostalgic button for me, because Wario Land games were so nostalgic for me, mm-hmm. it does it so well. And it's surprise. I mean, this game almost has 5,000 reviews on Steam, and it's overwhelmingly positive, and it only came out on the 26th. That's like, crazy. And you have to think. No one's really like talking about this game in the sense that it's like, you know, say like Hollow Knight or Shovel Knight, where it's like, you know, everyone talks about it. But this game has such a crazy cult following. Like, that's how I heard about it. Like, people were like, oh, have you played this weird game? And I'm like, I like weird. Right. And then I look at it, I'm like, this is me. Like, <laughs> this is my kind of game. And um, God, it's so good. And the developer is called toward the pizza so i mean they're going all in on this yeah, pizza yeah. stuff so <laughs> i love it um this game is damn good anybody out there that likes platformers and has a you know pc or steam deck like this this is like an instant recommendation like just get it it it's so good it looks awesome i, I love the chaotic energy behind it it looks nuts yeah, it it gets crazy. I feel like I would lose my mind playing that game a little bit, but it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think it might be time for a game that we both share in common, that we both played through. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's a fantastic title. It, this, oh my gosh. Like, from start to finish, I was blown away. I was hooked, and I just wanted to know more. I wanted to keep playing it and just... I, I, I cruised through this game, I, I swear. I think I played it in, like two maybe three days like i i just blasted through it it's not a long game but man oh my god so good uh but that's a space for the unbound now a space for the unbound is a such an interesting title too because it's um it's set in indonesia in the 90s right and it there's just something about it it's the the look of it the the it's kind of hard to explain, right? It's it has the typical like a uh, pixel art style, but the pixel art is really interesting. The way they do their shadows, uses of like deep purples in everything. Uh, you, mm-hmm. The cityscape is just 
absolutely gorgeous to explore and it makes you really want to explore it. Uh, and it's pretty easy to navigate around. I mean, you have like the same, like maybe 10 screens across the entire game that you can explore. Uh, it, but it's just, it's changed little by little depending on what's going on or anything like that. And the story, oh God, the story. <laughs> it's such a great like coming of age tale. It handles mental health so, so well. And like, I swear at the end, I was both tearing up and like cheering at the screen. I was like, yes, this is the way to end it, right? Like this is the right way to handle this situation. This is the way to do this. And it was, there's just something about it that just really hit hard. And, you know, and maybe it's part of the fact that like one of the main characters that was dealing with some massive depression is an artist, like, and she was being made fun of for her weird drawings and doodles. And I used to get made fun of for those to the point where like my teachers would even try and make me go to family counseling, right? Because they just didn't understand. I just wanted to doodle. I wanted to sketch and I was just trying to create a new world. And it, this one hit so close to home for me that it, it was just a beautiful experience. And then on top of that, cats, <laughs> right? Like, oh, no. I, I don't think you can talk about this game without talking about the cats. The fact that you can pet every single damn cat in the game is pretty fantastic. And the main character is, or one of the main characters is absolutely obsessed with them, where you, they even watch a movie that turns into Cat Wonderland, <laughs> which I think is fantastic, <laughs> right? Like, it's just, it's such a cool little title. And I I liked the fact that this is set in Indonesia, right? Like, that kind of at mm -hmm. first, like, grabbed my eye. I was like, okay, this is really cool. Because you, you brought it up, and I, I was just looking at it, I'm like, this just looks like a great game. And then I heard that and I was like, I've never actually played a game set in Indonesia. This sounds interesting. I'm excited. So picked it up on the Switch the next day. And I from as soon as it, it like turned on, like that first opening scene where like uh, in the river, right? Like I, I just absolutely loved that that transition. That that was blowing me away. Mm -hmm where you're like going into the water and then you get picked up by Rhea like at the bottom of the like there's so much symbolism and just like fantastic imagery within this game it's it's just like eye candy it was so so exciting to play this one uh, I love it and even like the little side missions to it too right like the the little things like the collectibles and the arcade games they never mm -hmm. felt like they were distracting from the gameplay itself. Yeah, like it, it, it felt like it was just really cohesive. And it was pretty funny because there are situations where it's like, oh, man, I really need to go talk to this person. But the arcades right here, I could play a game, <laughs> right? Like I could see myself as a kid in right, like going through that same I like mental struggle of like, well, do I do I go back to school or do I play another game in the arcade? think I'm going to play another game in the arcade real quick, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was, I don't know, there, there's a lot to it. And there's so much depth uh, with every single one of the characters. I just, yeah, everyone has their own unique story, their own unique situation, and just their own, like, separate growth, too. It's just fantastic uh, all the way around. When I first saw this game, uh, play a little bit of it as soon as i saw like the amount of attention cats were getting in this game i was like i need to recommend this to you <laughs> like 
I was like, it's rare you see game uh, a game treat cats the way this game does, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, like this needs to be shared. It, um, <laughs> it's a it's a love letter to cats, a hundred percent. This thing is. It really is in many ways, yeah. and you know, I don't really know how I found out about this game. I I'd heard about it uh, listening to someone else talk about it. And they were like, oh, it's a really deep story. Like, I think this should be checked out by people. And then it just didn't say anything more about it. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But I want to check it out. Uh, and yeah, the Indonesia in the 90s sold me already because I love the aesthetic of like 90s, like Asian countries mm-hmm. in general. Like, I love the way the houses look with the street blocks. Like, watching anime set like made in that era like seeing the way the housing i don't know what it is but it's just it's comfort yeah like comforting in a weird way and when i saw this game kind of have that style i was like i need to play this like this this is what i like even though i've never been there i i feel comfy playing this and uh i mean the the pixel art's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like this, it looks so good. I'm like, damn. But yeah. the parallaxing, this, just every background, oh, so good. And the music's really good too. Yeah. It remind like this game, the way the art is so defined and well done, almost reminds me of when we were talking about Eastward, in a sense. Oh yeah, in the, yeah how he felt about the art and the music. Like for me, this game does it. And I mean, talking about another game that's going to probably be on my top 10 for sure of this year. It will be this game. Cause it, it hit me in ways I didn't think it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but you kind of hit it on the nose where it was like, there's parts with, you know, mental illness and stuff that they talk about. And, you know, it. there's multiple stuff going on. So it's like anyone that kind of has something going on might relate to something being, mm-hmm. like, presented in this game. And definitely, like, all throughout, like, there were times where I was like, oh, my God, like, that feels really real. Like... This person must have, whoever wrote this must have been going through it at one point because they capture it perfectly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of the few games to actually make me, like, tear up almost, you know? Like, especially towards the end, I'm like, wow, like, I'm, I think the last time a game actually made me sad and want to cry was Celeste. Mm -hmm. So it's been a little while, but, um, yeah, this this game tackles some issues that I wasn't expecting and it it's so damn good and I wish it was talked about more. Like I think people are starting to find out about it a little bit, but it's not it's not widespread. It's getting enough. kind of like yeah. pushed under cuz it you know a lot of those games that get released in January like I feel especially with indie titles they get kind of lost because you know, you have to think about all the game award ceremonies. They're towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these games that get 
launched this early either get forgotten or people are hyped for the next AAA or even like the bigger indie titles that some of these just get lost. I mean, look at Pizza Tower. It I came out, I think, a week after Space Front Bound. And mm-hmm. it's like, this game is just so good that I... If, if it was discovered more, I could see people putting it up there with like one of those indie titles that you could recommend to anybody. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't take any gamer skill to be good at this game and like you said with the side stories how they blend it in with the bucket list it's so perfect because it doesn't feel like side quests almost like getting the high score in the arcade they were brought up in the beginning and were such like an integral part to the story itself so it never felt Mm -hmm. like it would departure i think that was a really smart way of doing it where it it was it was part of it. it it's part of the main story right like even the side missions have importance where the entire time you're like yeah i do really want to like i want to fill out this bucket list like we're, right we're planning our futures we're getting older we're graduating from high school like what's the last few things we want to do as a kid right like and it just it felt so and the things that you had that are on the bucket list are just so adorable right like it's just like mm-hmm. simple little things that of course a kid would want to do that. It just makes sense. Yeah, it's it's great. Another thing I liked about it too is that when you did the bucket list, you would get a story page mm-hmm. uh, that one of the girls uh, in the game writes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that story page plays a big part in like the kind of like the story that they talk about. Because that, that's kind of the whole intro to the game is that you are with this girl who wants to write a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this bucket list kind of unlocks the pages of the story for you. And I got pretty much all of them done except for petting all the pets. Mm. And at the end of the game, they were like, you pet, I think, 21 out of 23 pets. And I'm Uh. like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, I was so bummed because I literally thought I pet everything. But um, it's... You know, it was cool. Like, it didn't feel like they were making me go out of my way. Like, maybe getting the high score in the arcade was the only time it felt like something different. But yeah, it was kind of fun. Like, it was a breath of fresh air with that challenge. Like, those last few levels in that oh. stupid arcade game, I was like, God damn it. They were, but I made it. They were actually pretty difficult. Like, it was, it was pretty tricky. And... I, I tied with the high score. I got 1,500. Oh, yeah, same. I died, and I was like, oh, no, I didn't beat it. <laughs> and then whenever I saw my name go up to the top of the list, I was like, wait, wait, I'm number one. I did get it. Holy crap. Like, you're right, because it took way too long. <laughs> Dude, I don't think there's any way anyone can get past that score. Like, That's, that, yeah. it felt impossible to get past that. But, um. <laughs> I thought I was doing good. And then I got to like level 13. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) It really spiked in a way I was not expecting. But, you know, it's cool because that's something you don't even expect in a game like this. So it was was a cool little addition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this this is a game that I could see like, I don't know. It's one I would recommend to people that 
care for indie titles and want to see something different. Uh, it stands out in the sea of other titles that always come out, mm-hmm. you know, every month. But yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, there's there's a lot to this game. It was it was just it was a breath of fresh air, honestly. And this is 100. You you said it right. This is the eastward of 2023. <laughs> there, I don't really think that this game is going to come off my top 10 list at all. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in at the games that we've been playing and checking out. Hope maybe you guys have found a game that you've heard of, that you're interested in, that now you're really excited to check out. And honestly, if you enjoy the show, you're probably going to enjoy A Space for the Unbound. I, I Just chill vibes, right? <laughs> it's just a great title to pick up. So anyway, um, yeah, but... We'll talk to you guys next week with another set of games as we dive further into that wonderful world there. Uh, And until then, keep playing, have fun. I don't know. Let us know what kind of games that you guys are playing out there. Uh, But we'll talk to you guys later. Until then, bye for now. (laughs) 